welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am an excited excitement boy. Um, you'll find out why later in the episode, but needless to say, I am jazzed, I am amped, or as we in the business like to say, I am jammed. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a guess why, but I guess I wouldn't spoil it. <laughs> no, don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, my name's Don. I'm a big, fat, chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a well-stuffed stuffing boy. Happy oh. post-Thanksgiving, everybody. Yay. Did you get all your stuffing? <laughs> Just pies. Pies. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and today I am an early morning early birdie. Yes, good oh, morning. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yeah. free> perkiness. <laughs> it is quite early. Hello, I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, it's okay, honey, you, really, you are, it's okay, you are. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm also a morning boy, but more like low-key, like, I don't know, it's day like a couple days after thanksgiving you're still at your parents house and you come down and your mom's just having her coffee and she's just like hey there hey there champ <laughs> you, you know it's early when trevor doesn't have the quirkiest and most interesting version of this is who i am today answer <laughs> i mean i don't know in a few days i'll have a whole lot to say because i will be starting my all marshmallow advent calendar <laughs> oh my god yeah he got himself a marshmallow advent carol okay i don't understand how there could be 25 marshmallows but whatever. oh dan <laughs> <laughs> my sweet summer child <laughs> the things you will learn this month oh i'm scared uh well welcome to the show everybody uh we we've got a good one today i'm excited for this um a bit of housekeeping first uh we wanted to thank our patrons on patreon thank you so much we've got thank a couple you of patreon um you guys mm -hmm. rock you make this continued dedication to a weekly episode possible so thank you thank you thank you um we have just released a Dan and Don episode, a mini-sode for patrons only. You can check it out there. We have a bunch of other stuff in the backlog. You have behind-the-scenes videos, cutting room floor of all the, you know, funny, interesting side bits that get cut from the episodes. You can check out um, all kinds of good stuff there if you want to support us. There's no barrier for entry, a dollar or a $500, whatever you like. No, it's it's $5. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. the cutting room floor at the very least justifies the existence of a Patreon because it lets you sit down and listen to the straw that Michael must sit down and spin <laughs> yes. into, into gold. gold. <laughs> <laughs> I work so and very the only hard reason why we have him is because we actually did guess his name and force him to sit at the spinning wheel for the spinning wheel for the rest of his life. Son of a bitch. I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> Um, but thank you very much, patrons, and uh, I think that's it. Straight into the episode, right? Episode! Right. Episode! So, this is what I was referring to when I said I was an excited excitement boy. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Yes. Lizzo came to town. Yes, she dun, dun, did. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> On her reindeer sled and all the presents for the good little boy. Wait, that's not Lizzo, is it? No, 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 no. It was a reindeer <laughs> ass, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, but is a reindeer ass, is it like, uh, uh, just like a reindeer that's all butt? Or is it like a reindeer with like a human butt for a head? I, I think we should like contact Lizzo and find out because I'm sure she knows. I think it's a giant ass with reindeer antlers. <laughs> and then one of them also has a giant red. <laughs> and like in the like the crest nose. of the butt cheek. Yeah, exactly. Sticking out. And if we're going to let people imagine what that yes. could possibly be as we talk about the Lizzo concert. Um, yes. Oh, my God. 
Oh my God! We, so, we went, so yeah, we went to the Lizzo concert. That's and by we you mean it. Michael and Trevor. Yes, and the royal and my, partner, and my partner Michael. And yeah. we we actually did a little live, um, a little li- an impromptu Instagram live as we were waiting in the car because we got there extremely early. Um, and you can see a lot of a lot of pending excitement that they oh they just those those sweet innocent boys they didn't know what they were in for. Mm. Um, this was all right. I think Trevor, I think you should you should do your review because you'll probably see yeah. it better than I will. Um, okay, well, so first off, I cried at least five separate times. <laughs> and y- y'all should know Trevor does not yes, not I, do, to I am not a crier. No. Yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> no, okay. So um we I don't know, talk about like the venue. So it was the Kia Forum. I'd never been there before. You know, I am a very large lad. I was <laughs> I knew there would probably be other large people I'd be attending with. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael's Michael. Yes. Uh, Chuck Michael. Yes. And I were like investigating, like, let's see if they have box seats, mm-hmm. um, which they did. Well, and, you, you know, you're telling it like, oh, we showed up and found out if they had box seats. You, no, you did this, this months was, and this months was, and months, yeah, and this was yeah. months and there, there was an odyssey involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan was, t- I, I was texting with Dan about it because Dan didn't attend because of his, uh, you know, noise uh aversion <laughs> my noise canceling personality yeah um <laughs> but the idea of you know luxury often equals accessibility mm-hmm. and space if it's space if not accessibility which i feel like this was kind of a mix because it was um spacious but like there were narrow these tiny little narrow steps to get into the box oh. yeah yeah, the actual like going up the steps into the sort of section where the box is carved out is uh, it's a bit of a challenge. It's kind of like going through a turnstile size uh, entrance. Yeah, but great seats, great view. Lizzo's DJ kind of warmed up the crowd. Which she was, was great, lovely. And then her uh, childhood friend is also DJing her shows and pumping her up and kind of being mm. her like hype person in the background. That's, That's so, so cool. Yeah, it, she was awesome. She was super cool. Uh, and then uh, Shelby Swain, who is Lizzo's hairstylist, hmm. um, performed her. Uh, I think her <laughs> this is Jeffrey's single favorite part of the show. <laughs> rich bitch on vacation. I'm a rich bitch, rich on, bitch vacation. on vacation. <laughs> Which uh, 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 Michael's Michael thought like this was just some random person random. that like went up. <laughs> jumped up on stage and was like lip syncing to a song yeah. they were playing through the DJ booth. But nope, that was um, her song. Yeah, it uh, amazing. Uh, I'll link to it. It's a whole vibe. It's I'm like this is my new vacation <laughs> jam. <laughs> uh, and then it came. <laughs> Lizzo <laughs> came and. I don't even. I, I it's so hard to describe. I can like the the feeling. I mean, I was crying during the first. So Trevor, what throughout the concert, I was I actually spent a lot of time looking around. Like I don't usually do this uh, when I'm watching a movie or a show or whatever, but I I was looking around the audience a lot, um, including sort of catching Trevor's reactions, Michael's reactions, and Trevor in the most adorable way possible was doing the like gasp and clutch the pearls gesture <laughs> probably like 700 times throughout the show. Um, it was really, really heartwarming. And I was, I was sitting there just enjoying how much he was enjoying it, but also having a, a just a blast of a time. Other highlights for me of audience members. I think I said this on a comment uh, on Instagram, but looking around 
the stadium. And this is a massive, this is the Kia mm -hmm. Forum, um, massive stadium, sold out show, uh, completely sold out. They, every audience member, and this, I think this is one of the vibes that Trevor had been talking about was like, so many fat people there. Yes. So, so, so many fat people there. If you were a straight sized person, which we'll get to the terminology later in the yeah. episode, <laughs> um, you, you felt like you were in a different space. You felt like you were in somebody else's space in a good way because mm -hmm. it provided this amazing sense of community with people like you're looking around and all that kind of awkwardness of like, you know, trying to get from point A to point B and stairs and all of this, the logistics of just getting to the enjoyment of the show, you realize everybody else is going through the same stuff mm -hmm. and everybody else is kind of just there with you to experience Lizzo. Um, everybody that could, that was able, and this is a lot of people, were on their feet. And I don't mean, you know, for the first, for the opening number, and I don't just mean, you know, the mosh pit down right in front of the stage. I mean, every single seat in that stadium where somebody could, was able to be standing for that long, they were. All the way up to literally the, well, as Lizzo pointed out, there are no nosebleeds at her show, mm -hmm. but the top, top row on the far, far side, the worst possible seat you can imagine, Throughout the concert, I was checking over and over and over and everybody on their feet for the entire show. And I've never, I mean, I've seen some fairly large concerts before and some smaller concerts. And usually when people have uh, seats, like if you're not just in the mm -hmm. standing room only venue, people sit down. They'll sit down for the ballads. They'll sit down after the first opening numbers or whatever. Nobody did. Everybody mm -hmm. was just living for this show. Well, and I think what I really, cause I mean, we've talked about a lot about Lizzo on the podcast mm -hmm. and just her, her whole message of loving yourself and how like you get, she wants you to love yourself. But like when you're in, you know, an, and I say the room with her cause it, but it's weird cause it's like, it's an arena, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you just get how much she, she wants you to love yourself and there was a moment where, <clears throat> you know, Michael said, she said, there's no nosebleeds. But there was a moment where she had roses she was giving out to the audience and also just stopping to kind of take in being surrounded by, you know, a full arena in her hometown and like reading signs, you know, up in the nosebleed and taking a moment to be like, oh, you know, I see you person with the silver sign that wrote blah, blah, blah. And yeah. doing that for like the whole arena. Yeah. Top, top balcony. Yeah. And I was sitting there like, holy crap, she has good vision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's looking all the way up into the rafters to, to pick out people who are that excited to be there and say, thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. I see you. You're awesome. Mm -hmm. She spent a good five solid yeah. minutes on this bit going around the entire arena um, just to thank people. There's a segment of her show where she has you repeat Pete and Trevor, you might remember the actual phrasing. She starts with, when was the last time you said something kind to yourself? Yeah. And then she has you say. It's like, I am. Special. I'm special. I am beautiful. Uh, I am loved. I have the video some, yeah. on. Uh, I'll, I'll post the video maybe with this episode if I remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, when you hear everybody in the audience. Mm -hmm chanting that in unison, it takes on a whole new, it's not just a shtick anymore. It takes on a whole power unto itself. That is, I think, a lot of what people talk about. You're not just going to see her perform great music. Mm -hmm. That's like the starting place. 
And she just builds on top of that um, and some really unique presentations, numbers, the energy she brings. Yeah. Holy crap. I don't I was, know how she does it. I, I was I, wondering, I, I thought of this after. So there's a point, you know, uh, in the, we talked about the national concert um, where, you know, they talked about the therapy session where the couch rises out <laughs> yeah. and she, uh, she sings a song, but also kind of sits with the audience. And that was in this show. And I'm like, I wonder if, is this just so like, you know, the, I don't know, her three minute break while she's mm -hmm. also still singing and yeah. engaging with the audience. But like, if this is her, like, okay, this is her chance <laughs> to slow <Yeah>. down. <laughs> <laughs> I get like a sip of water and I get to, you know, stop dancing for a second. And then I have to get up and dance and go do a cut co another costume change or something. One of my favorite like side moments was, uh, she had one of, she, of, of course the big girls from her show, mm. uh, were her backup dancers and they all had featured moments. Um, she also gave her backup singers, like she introduced each one mm -hmm. and they each got a featured solo to sing like during the show where they weren't just like standing in the background going, ooh and ah, which was cool. Well, one of my favorite moments was one of the big girls brought out this giant pink purse. And I oh was my like, God, yes. oh, it's the, you know, it's like playing off of the whole tiny purse she mm -hmm. brought to the red carpet. But no, she goes into the giant pink purse and pulls out <laughs> the tiny pink purse that she actually wanted. And everyone in the audience loses their <laughs> minds collectively. Oh my God, it, it was, was so loud. The music was not as loud and it was very loud as the audience. Yes. Oh my God. If you can swing it, look into um boxes for concerts because i think that is a very accessible way and you know th there weren't there were three of us i think you could probably get like i don't know six to eight you know super chubs in the box mm. yeah um it like I said, split the, the cost um yeah and I, yeah. I would say um you know there are some concerns about like the maybe if you have mobility issues with the steps and everything mm -hmm. but it it's a way to do it. Yeah, I think whenever Lizzo tours, we gotta, I mean, we have to. We gotta try and make that show. Yeah, and I think I want to make a sign next time and maybe she'll read my <laughs> sign. Oh, God. Such a I, bad oh my boy. God, I, I would have been, I think I probably would have just like fall into the ground <laughs> weeping uncontrollably if I had a sign and she read it. <laughs> anyway, we could go on and on and on and I, I, I already know a lot of this will end up <laughs> On Patreon for the cutting room. Floor, no, it's 20 but... minutes of gold, Michael. 20 minutes of gold. No, literally, <laughs> uh, general audience, this has been 20 minutes of us raving about Lizzo. I'm sorry. Some of it has to go on Patreon. This can't all be in the episode. I, um, I loved it so much. Yes. <laughs> so now that we've we've gotten that out of our system for this year, what do we got next on the docket? Well, David Harbour's back. And Yay. it's it's Santa season, so we have <laughs> David Harbour as sexy action hero Santa in <laughs> Violent Night, which Violent Night. Oh my god! And I, I was, will I will be up front and I'll say I have not watched the trailer on this one because I am so excited to see the movie. I no will spoilers. say the trailer. The trailer looks interesting. If this was the kind of movie I would see, it, I would see it. Um, it's basically <laughs> <laughs> it's Home Alone meets The Purge. Oh wow, that's a hell of a way to put it. <laughs> I I love this for David Harbour. Yeah. I love this for like the I don't know, doing a Santa action movie. Wasn't there another one of these last year? Yes, but it was yeah. not it wasn't nearly this fun. Again, I'm yeah. going by the preview, you know. 
and the previews. I think it was horror. I think that one was horror too. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking was it like Fat Man or something? That there was that the Mel maybe that was like maybe that was 2019. Am I still in like pandemic mode of being like yeah? I never saw that. No, I I think for the last five years every Christmas season (laughs) has had a Christmas horror film. Yeah, Um, Krampus. I don't know. This does not seem like horror to me though. It seems like I don't know action thriller. Um, I have to say this. It is. Yeah, David Harbor in this. It's like the first time I've been like yeah, Santa's kind of (laughs) hot. Because I am, I, I know we've talked about Sexy Santa in episodes past and Christmases mm-hmm. past. And like, this is the, I don't know, I think the closest I've been to, like, yeah, this is. I will say, this is very much like Stranger Things season four, like prison <laughs> camp, hot, thin David Harbour. He doesn't yeah. really look fat in this movie, but it's still David Harbour. We know what he's been through and what he well, does and for his he, work. In the, the scenes I saw in the preview, it's really fun. It's really funny. It's it's edgy and dangerous. It's it's. I think it's everything you want. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I wasn't sure if it was just like, you know, a Santa, like a mall Santa going crazy, but it is actually magical Santa, um, which I know because I just happened to randomly click at a part in the trailer where he literally appears in a poof of like sparks and sparkles out of the fireplace. Well, to be (laughs) fair, so does Trevor. Come on. Yeah. Well, (laughs) he does bring that like, and I'm sure this is part of the filmmaking, the lighting too, but that like twinkle in his eye, that like Santa kind of Dumbledore quality. Like you do get some of that before, you know, he starts cracking heads and taking names. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it seems balanced. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's the home alone aspect. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So check it out. Um, it is coming out December 2nd, so not long after this episode launches, actually. Um, and in theaters, I'm assuming it'll come to streaming shortly thereafter. But yeah, David Harbour, support him. Can I plug another quick movie that I think some people might enjoy? Who do? Yeah, sure. Um, I watched Spirited over the Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, how is That's that? New Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds movie, a musical and I got to say, I I enjoyed it. It's, it's a take on Scrooge. Um, and I think it actually, for me, I think it evolved the Scrooged message a little bit to match modern sensibilities a little bit more, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. And another pleasant surprise is that the romantic lead of the movie is Octavia Spencer. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yes. I did not see that coming. When she showed up, I just thought she was going to sort of be a Marley character. Uh, you know, the, the poor downtrodden employee. Mm. And I was wrong. It's she is the romantic lead of the movie and she is a very important part of it. So uh, very enjoyable. Mm. Um, a lot of good little surprises. You have uh, Tracy Morgan as the ghost of Christmas future. And you have uh, <laughs> uh, for those Game of Thrones fans out there, uh, the little lady Mormont plays a little care. plays a character in it. Mm. So uh, it is it was fun. And some. Very unexpected uh, mixed body relationships and uh, oh, good. love interests. Oh, about nice. damn, about is, damn time. <laughs> you may not know. Is this produced by Ryan Reynolds, like his production company? I, he did, I actually do not know that. He did Free Guy. And I get this sense that he's kind of like, I'm going to take the industry by the balls and do it my way. And if this is produced by him also, I'm, I'm just. Yes, produced by him. Oh my god! Okay, I just looked yes. it up. I'm such a fan of this movie now. <laughs> I'm gonna totally watch it. Um, it's really fun, and I thought both of the leads really nailed it. So uh, check it out. I thought okay. it was very enjoyable. Awesome! Yay! All right. Well, 
I think uh, it is time. It's time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dying in the background. <laughs> it's uh, you can't it's die. Fat it's watch. Fat watch. <laughs> it's he got a bird stuck in his throat as we were yeah. soaring over California. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> a bug flew in. Um, uh, fat watch. We we came in maybe not so gracefully, but this is <laughs> one of the best one of the best ones in recent memory, as far as I'm yes. concerned. We have uh, good news coming out of Portland from OregonLive.com, which is mm-hmm. a, a news website. And uh, this is by an article by Destiny Johnson about Fat Fancy, a boutique that specializes in clothing and items catering to plus-size folks, uh, started and owned and operated by Erica Bauer, who is... I mean, I think her quotes speak for themselves. I'm just going to read you the first quote they have in this article. Fat Fancy started in about 2006 to 2007 in a basement where all of these fatties rolled in with their (laughs) racks of clothes because there's nowhere else for us to shop. (laughs) Oh, Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I I mean, I think what you're laughing at is just like how ridiculous it is that they have no place to shop. Yes. Well, no, I was uh, to me. Well, yes, that also. But to me, it's the boldness of using the word fatties, Mm -hmm. um, which is a big part of the article. In fact, I think it's mostly the point of it. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, unfortunately, we're we're we still are at this point where all journalists feel like they need to spend somewhere between a quarter and a half of the article talking about their choice of the word fat and how and defending that fat people are allowed to exist and like yeah. like mm, okay yeah um i got to say one of my favorite parts of this store is that you know they do cater to people of all sizes it's just that the traditional straight sizes are hidden in the back with it that's what i was gonna say i love that i love that Uh, other people would have to like look for the special section and know what every day of my life is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um the other thing i love is and and you've you've told me in the past that other people have this and i've never seen it though is that they have a tailor on site that is brilliant and i you know i've said this for a long yes it's so important because i've you know a lot of there are people who can walk in and wear the clothes off the rack, but that's not even all the straight size people. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, you know, ready to wear is not necessarily ready for everyone to wear. And certainly for, for big people and for tall people and for anybody who's not that straight size. Yeah. yeah tailoring is a huge part of it, but, but we're not accustomed to thinking that to taking that into consideration or thinking that that is somehow extra. I think that's most people if they had the opportunity. And I love that it's on site. Like you said, Don, yep. there's something about the article, which is uh, so endemic to all of these. They're really great news. I love it. But you'll notice that any mention of men's fashion or men's reference points for fat men is completely absent to look at the media you would swear there's no such thing as a fat yeah. man just no such mm-hmm. thing they don't exist right like not like you don't see articles discussing the volume of a unicorn and you don't see articles discussing <laughs> fat men um so this is this kind of goes into our mailbag Zip. thud A listener writes in, I am curious about the origins of straight-sized. I know descriptors are tricky. I can tell you I welcome being called skinny. It's no more of a neg to me than someone being called fat. And fit is loaded, but maybe trim is neutral to describe a body that is not fat. Um, Keep the good stuff coming. And so it got us thinking about this idea of negative connotations of thinness 
uh, in the male body image and the feminist origins of the language around fatness. Yeah. Well, so we've talked about kind of the terminology and kind of fat activism of like super fat and uh, mid fat and finifat, all that, um, which you know, given the feminist origins of fat activism, all the reference point for sizes is women's clothing sizes. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't think is there a my clothing knowledge, size called Infinifat? No, but like that, you know, Infinifat is anything I think over a five X in women's clothing sizes. Ah, okay, I see. Um, and so on and so on. And to my knowledge, there has never been a comparison of like, you know, Infinifat uh over 5x in women's sizes or 5x in men's sizes 4x in men's sizes yeah, 6x well, again, in men's sizes men are just not part of the conversation of fat liberation and so we we talked about that before i can't remember what episode it was where we kind of in looked into that a little bit and explained that and brought that out but in thinking about that i thought it was interesting that there is not really any dialogue and i feel weird you know as a fat person like well but what about thin people being oppressed? But in but that's valid. <laughs> when you're talking about bigger people, you're going to talk about normie people. Yeah, you know, uh, well, I, and I, I like to call them muggles myself. But <laughs> <laughs> the the there's so much pressure on you know women to be thin, but it's the opposite for men. Where you know being a thin man is seen as especially now like. Uh, I think we talked about this in another episode about like with TikTok, there's all this bodybuilding stuff being targeting young men who like. Oh, and abs, 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 must have abs, abs, abs. Mm-hmm. And that like skinny, I think for a lot of guys like would be activating or triggering to be like, oh, you know, he's just a skinny guy. Well, yeah. and, the, and in the gay community, I see this, you know, if you use the word twink, twink has now become gone from fashionable to derogatory mm-hmm. right if you yeah. call them a twink it's like it's like insulting them because they have that body and so you know well, any twink aspires to be a twunk and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's gotten out of hand people it's gotten out of hand <laughs> so i don't know i i would be curious to hear from you know the i don't know the non-fats about this um because i think there's a lot to say but i don't know i have not really had that experience <laughs> of being in a thin body well, at the start of the conversation, let's let's just ask real quick. So if you're going to talk about someone with a mainstream body, right, the expected American body, what term do you currently use? Um, I, I have to admit, I kind of wander. I, I, I accidentally drop the word normal, which I try to avoid. Uh, but, you know, I guess I will normally go for, yeah, normie or average. Straight size. You know? I mean – that's well, the, I, 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 I it, like it straight size to me, right? Cause I like straight size because it says what I mean. On the other hand, it sounds so jargony and it refers to clothing as if we are again, back in that paradigm of we have to fit the clothing. Well, but I, I also right feel like it's, it, it straight is so associated with a specific sexuality that I'm like, I feel like I'm assigning a sexuality to someone's body, which is weird. Well, it, but, and where it comes from though, is that idea of like, again, you don't want to say normal. So we're going to say straight. Yeah, uh, I I admit that I don't like. I mean, I don't like fit to describe non-fat because it makes them it sets them up as as opposites. Uh, skinny, uh, I don't know. I I don't like it technically because it's not like they have more skin. Um, <laughs> if anything, the reverse. Uh, thin, I think. I think thin works in comparison to thick or fat. Except that again, the opposite of thin is thick, not fat. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't like non-fat because that sounds like milk. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I so I think straight size is kind of what I land on. I think I have fallen into straight size, but also I think sometimes like I will often, if I'm outside of chaser space, if I'm outside of fat activism space, I will say civilian. Yeah. Just because it's, I don't know. I, I like that. It's like othering, but kind of othering myself as like, oh, you know, this just the general population who doesn't. And I think it's because it's like it captures the unawareness. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like civilian um, for that use. I sometimes use civilians when I mean like non-chub and chaser. Yeah. I think the the bigger concern for me is why men have been so absent. And, and we've talked about why, but that men are so absent from yeah. the fat liberation conversation. And that it is even, you know, if you look at the evolution of these things in academia, you know, it used to be that you had uh you had anthropology and then you had women's studies and now you have fat studies, but given its legacy, fat studies is still, you know, kind of a subset of women's studies. Mm -hmm. And so it, 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 again, it's not that we need to <laughs> create, you know, a different studies department for every gender, but rather that it's, it's the rhetoric around it and who we're talking to and who, who is speaking, uh, again, it's understandable that it's women because, you know, fat is a feminist issue as says the book title. Uh, but it's not just a feminist issue, which is what mm -hmm. is so debilitating. And I think what ultimately robs fat liber liberation of its power when it becomes just about certain people. But yeah. also, let's change the label for a second. It's The issue isn't that it's feminist, because I don't know many people who would have an issue with being feminist, but I think the issue is that men see the issue as being feminine. I agree right? with you. I agree yeah. 100%. And that's um, why, that's why yeah. yeah, it's not manly to complain about how you're being perceived by society. and, yeah. and or, or to acknowledge that it hurts you yeah. in some mm -hmm. way. But I will you know, say that gays are at the vanguard of this because, as has been said, no yep. one knows the male gays more than the male gays. <laughs> and it's it's really ah, – you like that? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like that. and it's really true because, you know, if if you're a straight man, you know, it's it, it's you're not in the male gaze the way a gay guy no. is. And, and you can see them become very uncomfortable when the ma the male gaze applied to them in a way that they can't control. Oh, it's comical. Mm -hmm. The absolute yeah. outrage and indignation when a straight man is treated like the way they treat women. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but I don't think it's an accident that the same trap of masculinity is what's keeping men out of the fat liberation conversation. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is damaging us in the long run. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think, I mean, just part of it is there's... You know, we're starting to see, I mean, just barely, just barely some change in, uh, I mean, not even the way, like, I would say the way men talk about body image, but just the fact that, like, conversations are starting to happen and people are starting to say, hey, we should look at this or like, hey, mm -hmm. it seems like young men are really suffering. Maybe we should do something about this. But because there's not really any existing framework there's not well i think it's going. even i think it's even more insidious than that because there is a counter push that says what well, young men should be suffering you should be struggling for that ideal body after mm. all that's why it's an ideal body you should be struggling you should be suffering and i don't think that i'm not sure that that same toxicity exists in the feminine conversation like you would you would definitely hear talking about a young man 
you would definitely hear like, well, it's it's good how much he's suffering. It's toughening him up. I don't think you hear so much about like, well, it's good that she's suffering. It's toughening her up. I, I don't think we see that same parallel. I mean, the closest I can think is the whole like, pain is beauty, but it's just a whole, it, or women have, pain, a yeah. Whole, yeah. have a whole different flavor of toxicity, which is like, I think weirder because it's like, well, you love yourself, so you should cinch and <laughs> trim and starve and well, tuck and fold and yeah, yeah. But I don't yeah. think I, I think that the idea that pain is good for you is a masculine ideal. Well, I I feel like we're going to have to start. So it's been observed over the past twenty years rises in rates of bulimia in, in young men. Uh, it's body issues we've always associated with women, mm-hmm. we've started seeing growing in the male population. And, and just in and case you think it's the gay male population, no, it's pre- nope. it's predominantly in sports and especially sports that take body weight or body composition into yeah. account. Yeah. So these terminologies, like I think they matter. And it's interesting when you look at terminologies that apply to fat people, all of them seem to carry a specific negative connotation and every like thin body descriptor I could think of trim, compact, lean. They all had positive connotations with the possible exception of skinny, which like personally, I think it has positive connotations, but I've met plenty of skinny uh, people who you know, like self-affirmed skinny people who would but say it's a negative. I, yeah. I think, I think that's kind of true, but I would say that a lot of people that have, you know, that are, thin that have body image issues do not like you know trim or compact because it's activating the negative Mm -hmm. feelings they have about their own body in the same way that a lot of terminology around fatness activates people about their body i i did have a very thin friend who uh you know knew me and knew my work of course and was like well i don't get it we're all the skinny chasers meaning the people who are looking for very thin men (laughs) <laughs> um, you mean just gay guys well no yeah. no because no because he had been turned down a lot of his life for being too skinny or at least that's what he thought mm. so uh and and that is true but you know it's the same re- it's the same thing about like well you know if you're very very thin you can have trouble finding clothing yet yeah, not the same so yeah. not the same and i don't think we need to go down that set of railroad tracks but i there is this idea that skinny is derogatory or pejorative, uh, but not not necessarily for everyone because the person who wrote us the letter doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I've been uh, mulling this conversation over very delicately in my head because there, there's something that's very difficult about it. And I, I it was took me a while to put my finger on it as to to Dan's point about, you know, men not really existing nearly as much, seemingly not at all in the the. Uh, fat liberation movement as a, you know, straight sized man, I, I don't feel like I'm allowed to talk. Mm. And I think this might be a reaction to the whole Taylor Swift thing. It's very, like very mm. fresh on my mind, but I, you know, I don't know that our list- listeners are necessarily the kind of people to like shut us up or like put us in our place. But I feel extremely nervous to even like talk in this space. Like I, I don't want to say anything because I don't know. I, 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 you're going to get slapped. Yeah. I feel intensely unwelcome. Yeah. And, and that's by design. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will hear that statement and go good. You should be. Mm -hmm. And 
it makes it really difficult to keep doing stuff like this when there's so much internal hatred within the fat liberation movement against people who are just trying to to help like just trying to to contribute and to be a part of positive change um yeah it makes it hard to it makes it hard to clear my head and say anything useful mhm i have found that certainly as someone who does a lot of work in presenting and talking about this stuff uh, i have overwhelmingly found that um, but what I find is that there are quarters where what, like this podcast, right? This podcast is a, as a wonderful mix of voices and it's, it finds its own audience. And there are a bunch of people who think like, well, you know, why are there even chasers on the show? How disgusting. But you know, those aren't our listeners. Yeah. And you, you, you go where you can make a difference. You go where you're appreciated. And I feel like conversations spread. Right. Mm -hmm. So as you start engaging in the conversations in spaces that you feel safe to, where you feel allowed, um, that conversation spreads to other areas too, I think. So I, I would like to believe that you're and Dan existing on the podcast, having an open conversation about these issues with Trevor and I, maybe this is making it possible for other bridges to be start being built in other places and for other people to start wading in and and helping. Well, I can know? tell you from many, many, many years of experience, the fact that we have so many chasers as listeners, I think is largely because there's no other place to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope we're good at what we do, but <laughs> there, are very, there are very few places where chasers yeah. are allowed to exist without having to defend themselves and feel uh, judged constantly by yeah. well, third and, and, parties. Yeah, you, know? you have to defend yourself. You have to prove that you're not that guy. Mm -hmm. I think also, I don't know, this might not be helpful, but I think it's worth saying that I think it also, the fact that tensions are so high, I think are a good sign because I feel like it means like we're, we're on the threshold of something. I agree. And the reason I say that is because I've always been like, is this just like a fat thing? Is this just like a weird thing with fed activism and i was talking to a friend of dan's who is really involved in breast cancer nonprofit stuff yep. and she was like and i was this i after the um the nafa ally week thing i was kind of talking to her and just like i don't even like like does do you deal with anything like this and she's like oh she's like all the time and she's like you know in my the you know the, the organization i work with it people are arguing about did you have enough cancer? Like I had more, can my cancer was worse than yours. So I have more authority to speak on this issue. And why don't you stop speaking because you don't have enough cancer yeah. to speak for me. Yeah. And that it is just a symptom of being in the space and trying to make change. It comes with the territory, but I think, I don't know. I would not say this is like a fat liberation podcast. This is a, podcast for fat people and the people that love them like you know mm -hmm. is in our little description and i think also just like you know being very frank about these things when they come up like you know talking about the whole ally week thing when it came up and our personal reactions to that is part of getting people involved because like be like these things happen 
this is how we're dealing with it. This is how to navigate it um, is helpful. And I think just being frank about your hesitancy to do that is helpful to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you should keep, keep doing it because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, yeah. Not, we're, not, we're, all you we're, can do uh, is, con- all you can do is contribute where you're allowed to contribute. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think our listening audience is like that. Um, no, yeah. no, quite the opposite. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's just an awareness that, I mean, like Don said, conversations spread. And I think we've been lucky that, you know, our podcast has been relatively, we, we kind of just get to go along yeah. and do our own thing. And we haven't really been dug up and, and scrutinized all that much. Um, but well, I, I mean, I just... <laughs> we're, we're not for everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if there's I, people... I know we've, we've all said things on this podcast at some point or another that someone could take offense to, you know, I, I but well, fuck those people. Yeah. <laughs> you could say that in your day to day life. I mean, yeah, there's exactly. no avoiding that. That's called being a human, being. you know, yeah. know. but yeah. what we are is we're a space where like, you know, we don't, the four of us don't agree on every topic. Yeah. You know? Yes, but, we do. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I kill you. Uh, <laughs> Listener, you're welcome here. That's the point. I, I know, unless you're going to be a dick, then they're like, just chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, this is, just, I know, this is space for good vibes and fat talk and uh, getting silly sometimes, yep. getting serious other times and. Having we've feelings even gotten together. some emails from people who disagreed with us, and that leads us into good conversations. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think I know we had we had a lot of talk, we had a lot of feelings. Um, let us know how you feel about this stuff because I think we've we've had people do that, and I think that's always enriching to us as, as talkers and <laughs> to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot to say, a lot of feelings about this topic mm-hmm. and the complexity of it. Um, so please let us know and, uh, we'll just, we'll leave it there for now to be continued. This is one of those things we'll probably revisit because things keep changing and not changing. (laughs) (laughs) And as a side note to verify my theory, if one of our conversations on the podcast has bled into your real life and you've had a conversation with someone because of that, I'd love to hear about it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, do we have a tip for today? Um, I don't know. Go see Lizzo. Next <laughs> yeah, Lizzo. Time Lizzo is on tour. Go. She her, the tour is over, but next tour, go. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Swing it, uh, and maybe get a group. Get a group together locally so you can you know split the cost of a box because that was definitely <laughs> a good way to do it. All righty, we do have a bit for the day. Yay. Um, <clears throat> so this is another one of those. We're trying something different today. Oh, something a little random. Since we were exploring definitions today. I figured uh, we would learn some new words. Okay, <laughs> with some strange definitions. So, uh, let's see. Can I just can I just go out on a limb here and say that Dan's probably familiar with all of them already? No, you know what's going to happen. I will have a really long explanation to a wrong answer, and Trevor will get and Trevor will get it right. <laughs> and Trevor, as always, will get it right. Uh-huh. Well, yes. the reason why I love these words is because these are, you will understand shortly. These are all words that actually exist in the English language, and yep. I'm very happy for them. I would hope so. <laughs> so let's start this up. I am going to give you a definition and four different words, and you will decide which word matches the definition. All right? Okay. Uh, this is a simple term that refers to being confused, perplexed, or flustered, or to cause confusion. Uh, as an additional hint, you've probably heard your grandma or grandpa use this phrase, especially if you're from the East Coast or below the Mason-Dixon line. Mm. Which word am I talking about? Dumbwazzle, 
<laughs> Bumfuzzle, Dork Weasel, or Squash Noggin? I've never heard any of those. I've heard oh, Dan. Dan is buzzing in. Uh, I think the second one, Bumfuzzled. Bumfuzzled. Okay. We've got a Bumfuzzle. I'm going to say Bumfuzzle because I've heard Cunfuzzled. Yeah. Oh, like confused. I thought you said Cumfuzzle, which I'm no, like, cun- must mean something else. Cunfuzzled. <laughs> okay. Cunfuzzle. All right. Michael? Um, yeah, I'll go with the same answer just to keep the score even. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to have you guys start writing your letters to, or answers down like Jeopardy. Uh, uh, the answer is, in fact, bumfuzzle. Ding, 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 ding. Which apparently comes from a Norwegian word, domfuzzle. So, hmm. all right. This is actually a Scottish term, but it sounds awesome. The definition is kind of a gross one. This is what people living in Edinburgh shouted out their windows as a warning before dumping their slop buckets out their window. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You did say these were all English words and Scottish. I'm not entirely convinced it's English. (laughs) It it got absorbed into English. Uh All right. The the four options are dump waller, (laughs) watch shit, poopsala. Or Gardilu. I'm going to say Dumpwaller. Dumpwaller. Poopsala, because I can hear somebody shouting that, but like in a sing-songy tone. Poopsala. Poopsala. Splat. <laughs> I feel like Oopsala is a different word, but I think it is, uh, is it Dump, with the first one, Dumpwaller? Dumpwaller. Dumpwaller. Yeah, I think it's Dumpwaller. Right. Well, the correct answer is, in fact, Gardilu. Oh. oh. Which, that's, come on, admit it. That's got to be pretty fun to shout out your window while you're hucking your shit out the second floor. Yes. I, and and Gardilu. You know, it's gonna be my war cry all right (laughs) this word has a scottish accent though it's got to sound a little bit different in the scottish accent you gotta cry out gardiloo 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 Gardiloo. (laughs) i'm sorry i'm i'm just gonna say my bladder is gonna explode so like oh gardiloo yeah all right the word this word references some someone or something that is filled with pretentious nonsense or something that is a lie a great example of this is the classic fisherman's tale of how big the fish he caught was the four options are teradiddle blow grabber bugle grouse or crap howler crap howler uh crap howler I'm going to go for bugle grouse just because I like it. That was my I, second choice. I got to say, crap heller and bugle grouse were my favorite creations on that list. But in fact, no. the, the correct word is teradiddle. Oh, no. not No, can't be. Not at all. <laughs> I like, Don, I, I, I'm liking your suggestions for each of these a lot better mm. than the actual word. <laughs> Trevor is very good at making up British slang, I have to say. All right. Well, before Trevor's bladder completely implodes into a singularity, uh, <laughs> let's do social media. Where can people reach out to us when they describe their conversations they've had with meaningful others in their lives? Oh, are we done? Are yep. we? Yeah, yep, that's it. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, it's happening. <laughs> uh, 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 we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Pet Gay Pod. We're on Facebook at the Big Pet Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Five stars everywhere. See us on Patreon, patreon.com slash bigpetgaypod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigpetgaypod.com. Gardiloo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're outside <laughs> listening on your uh, your fancy Apple AirPods 2 <laughs> that you got on uh, Black Friday. Oh, and yeah. you just, you hear something through the noise cancellation. And you look up and it's uh, someone, someone's doing the guardy loo, so. <laughs> guardy loo! <laughs> <laughs>